Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Hey friends, we're back here at the Inner Revolution podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Wanted to share an interesting thought that we had uh, talked about in our small group, Grow Deeper, and uh, it's a thought about eternity. And uh, I love this thought. My mother used to say this often to me as growing up, and uh, we live for the Bema seat. And uh, maybe that term is not so familiar to you. Maybe it is familiar to you. But just to encourage our hearts today, what does that mean to live for the judgment seat of Christ? And we, we see this in Romans 14, 10, where we will all stand before God. And and maybe today you think about that right out of the gate and it makes you nervous. Like, okay, what will God say to me when I stand before him? What kind of account will I have? Uh, what is it that... Um, you know, what will he say? What will he magnify or focus on? And so we know that the Bema Seat of Christ in First Corinthians chapter 9, uh, 24 through 27, it, it's it's really uh, a, a, in the Greek days, there'd be a judge on a, on a platform rewarding the, uh, the Olympian or the player that had excelled, that had won. And, uh, and that's the same principle we see here as the believer, is that we will be rewarded based on the obedience and the faithfulness of Christ. How we lived our life uh, for Christ in the spirit uh, in, our, in our daily life. Now, one of our pastors said this statement that really, I think, sums it up beautifully. It's like our life, the sum of our life will pass through the glory of God. And what will remain is the work of the spirit now in the, in that light it really brings us to a conclusion that what is done for god will remain what is done in the motivation of the spirit will be eternal the sum of our life everything words actions thoughts malachi 316 uh, will be written down uh, those things when we spoke of the Lord in the attitude and, and, and the fear of the Lord, in the honor of the Lord. Everything else will be burned up. Now, we see this here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 gives us a better picture of, of this Bema seat or this judgment seat of Christ. Now, for the believer, this Bema seat uh, happens right after the rapture. And they stand before God in Revelations chapter 4. And uh, we uh, think about that. We will see him face to face. Revelations 22, 4. And uh, he will remove all the pain and, and death and curse and all of the wickedness and and uh, all the tears in Revelations 21, 4. So there'll be a great removal of those old things. Behold, all things have become new. But for the unbeliever, the unbeliever, it's a different judgment, and that's Revelations 20. It's called the white throne judgment. Now, the believer will be in the grandstands watching the unbelievers being judged and cast into hell, and that will be there'll be more tears uh, shed in that day than any day in history, if we could say any season in history. Why? Because God did everything so that we could be with him, so that they could... Um, 
enjoy the presence of God, and they rejected that. So therefore, they'll be judged in their sins and cast into the lake of fire, um, you know, based on the rejection of Christ. You know, Jesus does not send anybody to hell. He wishes that none should perish. Uh, but he, And that's why he pursues us all the days of our life. This is really an action of mercy. But people will reject the Savior, and therefore they reject the work of the cross, and they will therefore be found wanting. Revelations 20 is a very sobering passage. But for the believer, and this is what I want to focus on today, when we stand before God, we will stand before a loving Father. We will stand before someone that is so if we could use in a human personification here, happy to see us a reuniting uh, with his child. Imagine that uh, somebody in the family goes on a long business trip and, then, and we miss them. We think about them. We miss their voice. We miss their presence. We, they, we miss their interaction in daily life. And this is what heaven is going to be like. We're going to be reunited with our precious Savior. So the Bema Seat is not a place where sin will be talked about because sin is paid for. Sin was dealt with on the cross. Uh, and Psalm 103 is an excellent chapter that talks about how the sin has been removed and we will not be punished because Christ was ultimately punished for our sin. Now, there's certainly consequences that we experience when we do wrong, not only the the grieving of the spirit, the conviction of the spirit, but also the consequences of sowing into corruption. But at the Bema Seat, when we stand before God, the sum of our life will pass through the glory of God, and what will remain will be what the spirit has done in our lives. Now, this is a an amazing thought to be motivated in love, to be motivated in mercy, to be motivated in grace, so that in Revelations 4, the picture we see is that we will cast down our crowns before the Lord, knowing that the ultimate reward in heaven is to be with Jesus. That's the ultimate reward. Um, notice this in 1 Corinthians, thir- uh, 1 Corinthians 3, uh, 10 through uh, 15, that again, Christ is our wise master builder. We are co-laborers with him. And uh, how we operate in obedience and in faith will depend on what materials we build, uh, build our soul and build our eternal destiny. We can, verse 12, there's gold, silver, and precious stones, which all speak about materials that are, that remain in their purity and integrity under great fire, like gold is refined, silver is refined, precious stones are kept in their integrity and they're solid. Wood, hay, and stubble are all combustible materials. And that wood, hay, and stubble reflect work done outside the spirit or work done in the emotions where gold, silver, and precious stones are all based in the spiritual integrity of who God is. Now, uh, think about that gold representing the deity of Christ, who he is, our actions, our reactions, our responses, I should say, uh, are reflecting who he is. Silver, the redemption, what he has done, what he has done, he has bought back and redeemed and, and made new. And then precious stones, his character and who he is in action, his faithfulness. These are all amazing pictures of... Uh, of Christ living through us in these last days. Now, 
We're in uh, discouraging days in one sense, watching our nation be dismantled and watching um, the decline of a nation, the lack of leadership and the idiocies of different policies that in prophecy must come to pass where um, the excellency of a nation must be dumbed down so that globalism and the Antichrist can come on the scene without any type of um, pushback. Well, the believer has great hope today, knowing that our, our citizenship is in heaven. Yes, we vote our values. Yes, we stand up for truth. Yes, we are, um, you know, the darker the night, literally the light becomes a sharper contrast. So we're going to see more and more uh, of, a, um, of, a, of a distinction uh, between the believer and the unbeliever. And we can stand strong knowing that our life is in preparation for eternal life in Amos 4.12. So don't get lost in the emotions and reactionisms of, of this world and the, where the blind leads the, the blind. But let's focus on the eternal aspect of souls, of, uh, of ministering the gospel, of planting churches, of ministering uh, the, the, the necessary ministry of Christ. Because think about it. The people in your life need to hear what you have to say. They need to understand the spirit and the purpose and the eternal aspect of your life. And we can get familiar with that. We can simply say, you know, this is just how it is. I go to church. I check the box. Maybe I do my Christian, you know, I do my churchianity, but, but God is saying, no, live your life as though you're going to meet me one day and that you'll hear those beautiful words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Well, in verse 13 of chapter 3 of Corinthians, every man's work will be made manifest for the day shall declare it. They'll be revealed by fire. Now, that fire is Christ in Hebrews 12, 24 through 27. Like he is a consuming fire. That judgment will come and God says your life will pass through the glory of God and what will remain will be the spiritual aspect of your life. Now, remember Moses when the glory of God just passed by him. There was great. Um, incredible um, glory and reflection. And he literally had to cover himself because the people in his life, when he went down off the mount, were, were just scared of how he shone with the glory of God. So that is just exposure. But our life at the Bema seat will go through the glory of God. And the reward of those things done in the spirit will be manifested in crowns. They'll be manifested in different um, degrees of light, uh, morning star order. There'll be different privileges in heaven for those that uh, took seriously their faith, that took seriously their walk of faith and demonstrated it, uh, not in a perfect way, uh, making mistakes, but getting back up again. And again, showing this thought that we're not perfect. We're not asked to be perfect, but we're receiving perfect love. We're receiving perfect grace. We're receiving perfect uh, forgiveness. Therefore, we're able to uh, give that away because it's not something sourced in us or nothing we can even manufacture, but it's something we receive, have a relationship with, and we give it away. We're generous, spiritually generous people. So, when we read 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 Corinthians 13 is an excellent chapter too, but 1 Corinthians 3, uh, there will be a reward, verse 14. And that reward is, I don't know about you, I want to cast at the feet of Jesus as many crowns as possible. I want to hear in heaven um, 
you know, you lived your life before me and I honored you for what you did in this, my spirit. So your life will pass through the glory of God. Your life will pass through the glory of God. What will remain? Well, that's a good motivating spirit today, a good thought today for our spirit, our daily life, our daily routine today. Don't just look at things as a natural means. Um, you know, the flesh wars against the spirit. It's constantly wanting to live in escapisms, in carnality and lust patterns. That all will be wood, hay, and stubble. That will all burn up. That'll be uh, that will be a tremendous fireball. But instead, every word, every thought, every glass of cold water, everything will have a great reward uh, done in the Holy Spirit. So just to encourage you, what is unseen is eternal in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 through 18. What is unseen is eternal. Think about your life in regards to the to the uh, to the unseen today. What is it? What is it that will manifest Christ today in my situation? We are needed in our situations. No matter how bad the situation, you may be the only health, spiritual health that God is giving in that situation. No, 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 matter, no matter how difficult the people are around you, they need you because you may be the only Christ, the only initiation, the only demonstration of life in your life, to their life. Uh, so don't don't try to look for the easy way out. Let's say, okay, I'm going to live for the Bema seat today. Lord, I'm going to be certainly available to the prompting and leading of your spirit, but I want to live thinking about when I stand before you um, and the, the sum of my life, the sum of my thoughts, the sum of my words, the sum of my actions will pass through the glory of God. And, and to the glory of God, there'll be a, something remaining that said, Lord, it's all you. It's all a work of you. It all became a gift from you. And therefore, our eternal state, what we know of, of the future, changes the way we live today. And when we have this eternal thinking, this eternal perspective, it changes the way we look at ourselves, the way we look at others, the way we talk, the way we make decisions, the way we spend our money, the way we um, spend our time. This all reflects something eternal. And you know what will be amazing? When we stand before him, um, we will say, Lord, it was all you. And the greatest reward will be that we'll stand and have fellowship with him. And if you read Revelations 2 and 3, you'll see that there's a great reward for the overcomer, the overcomer. Who is he that overcomes? Well, that simply walks moment by moment with God. He's, maybe they fall down, but they get back up. They, they, uh, they fight the good fight of faith. They are, again, receiving grace, receiving mercy, receiving forgiveness, giving forgiveness, giving, giving, giving what we have so freely been given in Ephesians 1, 3. So today, in just this meditation, your life, and no one can escape it, you know, your life will pass through the glory of God and the remaining reward will be that which was done in the spirit. Let's do all we can to be heavenly minded today so that we can be earthly effective. We can have an impact on the earth. Jude talks about it. Those having compassion, making a difference. It's, it's again, compassion makes the difference. Faith makes the difference. Uh, giving what's not 
deserved, but what's needed makes the difference. Um, quickening ourself in our eternal purpose today in Ephesians 3.11. Let's be uh, Colossians 3.3. 3, have our mind on things above. Set our affections on things above. Uh, you know, nothing on this earth will, will fill us, fulfill us. Uh, as we're going to the holidays, so important that we're investing in the kingdom, uh, but also investing the kingdom in other people. So pray these thoughts would bless you today and have an awesome day in the Lord. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.